The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So a big welcome. Nice to be here with you all. And those of you who are new to the Buddhist studies, we finished up our winter course on the seven factors of awakening. And uh, hopefully that work that those who were part of that that we did in the winter, learning to recognize these wholesome qualities of mind will be conducive for faith and understanding like what's actually a refuge for ourselves. And when we, you know, decided or I decided to take up the study of the three refuges for our spring Buddhist studies class, you know, I'm well aware of how triggering the idea of faith or refuge can be. Um, Some of us may be in the room and online have had difficult experiences, you know, and it's not just with religious, spiritual systems, but there's any number of things we've put our heart into, really opened up and trusted, only to feel betrayed, you know. I mean, even simple things like thinking once and for all I'm going to get into shape, or once and for all I'm going to learn to calm my mind down. And we bring that bright faith and uh, end up with the same old, same old. Here I am again, (laughs) distracted or out of shape or, you know, doing the same thing, getting the same results. So we can have, you know, it's not uncommon for us to have ended up with a somewhat cynical attitude about spiritual endeavor or anything that might we might interpret as, if I'm really good, I'm going to get rewarded. We you know, can sometimes smell that, sense that a mile away as another, just another setup for betrayal, for disappointment. So, I'm saying that up front just because there might be some baggage. And uh, it's really important that we take a fresh look. And maybe I'll, I'll just begin by, some of you maybe have seen this book. It's, it's quite good. It's, it's quite personal, Sharon Salzberg's book titled Faith. And Sharon shares quite a bit, in some ways, part of it at least, is a memoir of Sharon's life and just how she dealt with the suffering in her own life. She had a number of painful twists and turns as a young person and young adult. Um, yeah, and has become a very beloved Buddhist teacher. And, you know, she's a little bit older than me, probably about 70 now, I'm guessing. So she's been doing it since she was 19. <laughs> There's a great story I'll just share about Sharon which I just love. You know, just the fact that a, a 19-year-old who had a really difficult, you know, upbringing, um, and I think maybe had just finished her freshman year, but maybe her sophomore year at state, the State University of New York at Buffalo, and just so happens, whenever that was, 1969 or something like that, Trupa Rinpoche was traveling the country, he's a 
very well-known and somewhat controversial Tibetan teacher who died a while back. Um, and just giving a series of talks at the universities around the country, and he was mostly doing Q&A and Sharon's questions. Question just happened to be the top of the pile of questions, and it said something like, I decided to take next year off, and I'm going to go to India to study meditation. Who should I practice with? And uh, this is sort of pretty brave for, I guess people were doing that more back then, but anyway, he had this great answer. He said, in, in this sort of thing, it's best to trust, or you could say even to have faith in the pretense of chance. You know, I could, he, he actually could have named, because there were a number of Tibet. he was a Tibetan teacher, and there were a number of Tibetan refugees in India at the time, of course, uh, teaching Buddhism because they had left Tibet when uh, China invaded in the late 50s. Yeah, and just, uh, it, uh, actually, that wasn't the point I wanted to make. I'll, I'll just read a little bit from Sharon's book in a moment, but it does speak to faith in what we have refuge in. In a, in a powerful way, that I, the point I was going to make a little later in the talk, that, you know, we're not having faith that I'm going to figure it all out. One of my friends, but also a kind of teacher of mine back in the 80s, um, kind of a mentor and friend, but he, he had this nice image. He says that something like, the spiritual path is you're sitting on a bus, and he was one of those people who had gone to Asia and India in the late 60s and 70s and kind of had a hippie vibe to him. And he said, it's, it's like you're on a, one of those really long bus rides and the shades are down and, uh, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta stay on the bus. You don't even know where you're going, but at some point the bus arrives and you get out of the bus. And uh, anyway, so this is how Sharon begins her book on faith. I thought I'd read this before we do a little chanting and meditation together. So this is the foreword or the introduction, I guess, the second page of the introduction. I want to invite a new use of the word faith one that is not associated with a dogmatic religious interpretation or divisiveness. I want to encourage delight in the word to help reclaim faith as a fresh, vibrant, intelligent, and, liber and liberating. This is a faith that emphasizes a foundation of love and respect for ourselves. It is a faith that uncovers our connection with others, to others, rather than designating anyone as separate and apart. Faith does not require a belief system, and it is not necessarily connected to a deity or God, though it doesn't deny one. This faith is not a commodity we either have or don't have. It is an inner quality that unfolds as we learn to trust our own deepest experience. I like that. Gil Fransdahl says something similar to that last sentence. He says, uh, you know, faith, like awareness, like mindful awareness, 
it isn't actually something we do. We don't do faith and we don't actually do awareness. It's something we recognize. Faith is something we recognize. Just like the present moment awareness isn't something, you don't have to do that right now, but you can recognize it right now, that there is awareness, that the mind is, has this capacity to be awake, to be aware that it's like this. It also has the capacity to be forgetful, just like we have the capacity to be lost in doubt, but we also have a capacity to have faith in what our experience, what life has taught us, has demonstrated directly to us. But we have to remember. Just another paragraph. The Buddha said, faith is the beginning of all good things. No matter what we encounter in life, it is faith that enables us to try again, to trust again, to love again. Even in times of immense suffering, it is faith that enables us to relate to the present moment in such a way that we can go on, we can move forward, instead of becoming lost in resignation or despair. Faith links our present-day experience, whether wonderful or terrible, to the underlying pulse of life itself. A capacity for this type of faith is inherent in every human being. We might not recognize it or know how to nurture it, but we can learn to do both. And as we settle into our practice now, we'll do the chant a little bit later in the evening before we have, uh, we're going to do small groups tonight. I'll explain that later for people who are new. But one of, uh, you know, as we settle into some sitting time, sitting in a comfortable, relaxed, relatively still, not in a tight way, but just in a way that we're evoking a sense of trust in our experience, that it's safe enough now for me to soften a little and to be relatively still and relaxed and open with the way it is in this body at this time, the qualities of the heart and mind at this time. This willingness to feel what's here to feel. And I was going to say that one expression of faith is a sense that here and now, like in this moment for each of us, there's actually something productive or onward leading to do. So our practice and the expression of faith, of refuge, is that there's something to do now. There's something to learn, something to awaken to, and whatever it is to learn or to awaken to, there's some faith or sense that it's here and now, that it's available even to me. And we don't have to be especially good or 
We don't have to earn it. We just have to be willing to open to the possibility that there's something onward leading, onward leading to what our heart actually desires, that release, that freedom, that unburdening of our heart, that our heart desires, that there is a way to learn right now, it's a way to open an understanding to connect with and deepen that's available here and now. If only we have a willingness to listen. One of the first statements from the Buddha after his deep awakening, his deep insight, was something like, wide open are the gates to liberation. Wide open are the gates to liberation. Let those who have eyes to see bring their practice, bring their awareness to what's here and now. It's a real lion's roar. And the first experience that can be conducive to faith is some sense that it's actually safe, it's actually okay to be right in the middle, to be feeling what we're feeling to not be running, to not be running toward distraction, but instead to simply soften and to trust this capacity that we have to be receptively aware or present, present to the sensations of the sitting body, present to the qualities of the sensitive heart and the thinking mind, just generally the way it is right now, here and now. And there's something strangely and maybe deeply trustworthy in this capacity, we have to be open. This full presence, this inclusive and full, soft, receptive presence. And you might describe that as being healing or wholesome or if you've been practicing for a while, you might even sense the quality of freedom in this capacity we all have to be open. And of course, we also have the capacity to be distracted and caught up in our thoughts, obsessing, reacting. So we have both the capacity to create or to participate in the hell realms that we visit, 
And we also have, seemingly have, although our faith might not be perfectly developed, but probably we have some confidence, some faith in this capacity of being present. Not running, not fixing, not controlling, not needing to judge, The basic formula that we're checking out for ourselves, as taught by the Buddha, is that humans, we can cultivate a enough stability of present moment awareness, seeing things as they are, clearly, simply, directly, seeing things as they are, which evokes a kind of contented and dispassionate relationship with all sense experience. Tranquil, easeful, and also dispassionate. Not trying to become anybody, not trying to get anywhere, not trying to get rid of, and appreciating more and more the peace of not being in conflict with the way it is. So we're going to continue in silence now for a few minutes, maybe about 10 minutes. And we're just going to explore each of us for ourselves some kind of confidence in our own, being intimate with our own experience. And in any way you need to, just remind yourself you're not trying to get somewhere, you're not trying to become someone. We're just sensing whether or not there's something trustworthy, onward leading, liberating, that's related to being connected, to being open, being intimate, being right in the middle. So let's just do our best, let that be good enough.
remember, bring a fresh attitude to your investigation. You're actually checking this out for yourself as if for the first time. Is there something actually trustworthy, wholesome, liberating, in being present with my experience? Being relaxed and being open and being willingly sensitive, feeling what I feel. Is there something good about this that can be experienced directly as a sense of being onward leading for me? Just see. And in the same way, we might sense that moments of being open and receptive and intimate with experience might feel truly trustworthy and healing and onward leading to more release. We can also build confidence that being caught up in thought, getting attached and spinning in the ways that we tend to spin with our worries or our hopes or fears, whatever. We can also gain a lot of confidence that this is not the way. It's only productive of stress and feeling entangled in an unpleasant way.
So as a practitioner, we're willing to build our confidence both in what doesn't help as well as what we find actually helps. Finishing our sitting time, feel free to adjust your body, stretch a little, whatever you need to do to be at ease in your body. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.